topic is while crossing the sea the boat is sunk by a monster of some variety the characters are saved by merfolk but trapped on a desert island miles from the mainland followed by what is your guilty pleasure so how did how can we think of ways what kind of things would happen on a deserted mermaid island that would probably be like are there aspects of mermaid culture that are in, intrinsically like uh sadistic or possibly hedonistic oh man hold on guilty pleasure right so these right. are the two together Wait, oh, oh so they're together we're, we're looking like, for yes, ways we can like uh take the inspiration of the quest with the topic of what are your guilty pleasures okay would you either like things you would miss on the island particularly or are there things that you might become addicted to on this new island does it help if my guilty pleasure is desert island top 10 lists i was (laughs) gonna say topless fish women and i was like i can understand that i think my my guilty pleasure for this would be uh turning the mermaid island into like a love island environment yeah, I was going to say, you know, the Chinese drama that I was just watching, it just turned the whole island into some ridiculous drama. No, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I mean, guilty pleasure, desert island mermaid scenarios. Do you think you would have to figure out, like, would the mermaids be interested, as most sea lore tends to be, in some kind of relationship with the male sailors or female, whatever their, their flavor is? But the classic one is male sailor trapped by female mermaid. Is it lore, really you know? a, a relationship or just more of like a snack relationship? Exactly. Yeah. Is it like they're baiting them into something? I mean, um, do the mermaids actually eat their prey, or do they just kind of like kill them for fun? There's so many cultural variations of the yeah. mermaids too. Some of them are definitely literal man eaters. Okay, um, and I, I think that was mostly just because at the time of these writings, it was all men on the sea. Like it was a taboo to have women on the sea, even though it wasn't actually. But that was it. So I'm going to say canonically here, the guilty pleasure is that they weren't mermaids; they were just manatees. And don't get me wrong, fucking sure. a manatee is a delight, <laughs> but it's not exactly the kind of person that you want to show off at a dinner party. Well, I wouldn't mind. I, just, I, I would be happy to bring someone to a dinner. Just, dra- just dragging your landed uh, sea mammal. On they the wouldn't end. enjoy it because of the distance from the nearest body of water. Sure, sure, sure. But I wouldn't love them any less. You would. <laughs> you wouldn't let. You wouldn't let your friend's uh, opinion of your of your sweet love. No, I guess the 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 bush I'm beating around is how do mermaids fuck? How do <laughs> oh, they, gotcha. How gotcha. do they do it? Do they lay eggs and then fertilize them, or do they actually have? Because there's. The whole upper body throws off the idea of that because it's not like fish nurse their babies, but clearly female mermaids through the art have nipples. It's all mouth <laughs> stuff. It's all mouth stuff. See, I yeah, see. I mean, where's the genitals? <laughs> it's just mermaid sixty nine. <laughs> see, see that that, has, that that presents an interesting idea though, because if it's all mouth stuff, that means the mouth is a cloaca, which means other things happen through that orifice. Well, this is mm-hmm. a fish butt. It's, it's got a, fish a cloaca butt. on the yeah. fish butt. Is it mouth stuff at that point though? Is it, can you call it mouth stuff if it's also a receptacle to genetic? It's mouth <laughs> cloaca stuff. Hmm. <laughs> We're hitting a rich vein here. Just hitting some mermaid biology. Getting into those sweet cloakings. This is... Mm. It's all I, nerds I cloak actual. with curiosity. <laughs> no. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's revolting. Um, so, uh, test one, flying colors. Oh, it's an alarming start. Uh, yeah. I think have to throw that into, into the one side just sure. for kicks. Are we already going? Uh, yeah, we've been recording this whole time. I figured. I just want to... I'm not, not going to leave this sweet, delicious uh, audio for, for the cutting room floor. Perfect. So... Welcome to D20 Questions. We are dragons. You will listen to us eat your adventuring party, but in the end, we will just be party poopers. <laughs> nice. Good. Thank you for that delightful introduction. Well, we went from cloacas to dookie, so I think we're on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just got a few more points to hit. Um, yeah, no, uh, I am I am Zach, the Thrykreen size queen. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and much like a snapped rapier, I am law and I am pointless. <laughs> Great. Uh, so with us today is Michaela and Shiny, 
And we would like the two of you to tell us what kind of cool things you are working on right now. What are your projects and ambitions and desires and things in the D&D world? Shiny, you've got a new and exciting one happening. Uh, I do. Um, well, I just started my first streamed game on Twitch. So Ooh. I've played in a couple of games and I DM at home all the time, but I've just entered the world of doing this all online. Publicly embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My players like to make it as hard on me as possible. Uh, so yeah, recording, um, trying to clean up audio and stuff. I don't put that much effort into it. Uh, <laughs> and just getting it out there has been really interesting. I just put up our fourth episode this week. So congratulations. Uh, thank you. Impressive. Yeah. We just, we play every week. I was very strict about the people I chose and made sure that they knew that they had to be available or I would come and find them. So <laughs> we've gotten an episode out every week so far. Ooh, we actually have a small sampling of everybody's blood that we keep at the table, yeah. just in case. Perfect. You know, we can make homunculuses to be their representations mm-hmm. yeah. should they not show up. See, I need to invest in that. Mm-hmm. So what is the name of your project and where would people find it? Um, it's right now, they're still Team TBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Ack Inc. Whispering Pines. Okay. That's an Acquisitions Incorporated home game using the new Penny Arcade book. Nice. Uh, so our Twitch channel is AI Whispering Pines, and I have a Twitter page for it that I think is AI Whisper Pines, because whispering wouldn't fit. Mm. So yeah, that sounds Twitter. right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm working on mostly right now, at least in the world, mm-hmm. other than all the stuff I do with boots. Yeah. Michaela. Let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. But firstly, I do want to point out how impressed I am by Shiny both doing the production end of things and by... Uh, DMing at the same time because like as someone who DMs and does all the streaming production at mm-hmm. the same time like uh, if you don't have prior experience to doing that <laughs> like, this is your first stream that you've run on your own like it's hard and it you're doing is, amazing. Yeah it's a lot of work uh, especially when things start to go wrong and you're trying to DM at the same time. It's yeah like, and you're like <laughs> failing in real time if something goes haywire. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. Stream UI broke this last week and uh, oh, no. so in the middle of it it just got wonky and so i had to like resize everything while i'm trying to dm and i'm like yes live editing and we're talking (laughs) about this thing but i'm really trying to focus on what's in front of me so yeah that is why i do the production and law does the gming and it's all post-production i was involved in a streaming thing for a minute and thankfully i was just the dm and it was up to the other person to handle the actual recording and broadcasting the moment we start doing live work i'm gonna have somebody else do the production because i want to focus on being as as slavic as possible and Mm -hmm. obviously i'm not gonna be able to do that if i'm fiddling with dials you won't understand what he means unless you know the podcast right right. he's not just like a hobby slavist it sounds like a craft store where you buy like like the red nesting dolls oh my gosh yes ah fantastic take that slavs um so <laughs> do you want me to start with the first one? You want to go in on that? Uh, first which? No, you you go right ahead. Uh, so why don't you both give us a brief breakdown of what your very first experience with tabletop RPGs were? My very first tabletop RPG was probably D&D 5th edition, because mm-hmm. while I had done a lot of like World of Warcraft and video games and stuff like that growing up with a pretty geeky family, mm-hmm. I also grew up in a pretty conservative area. And so Dungeons and Dragons itself, while I was reading like Terry Brooks and Robert Jordan and all sure. these like high fantasy, sexy books. So you're already uh, a nerd. You <laughs> I was already a nerd. That, that yeah, yet. but yeah. it was just like, it was still like so much uh, discrimination against the game itself that 
people didn't realize that it's basically the same thing except you're telling this story right they didn't know the same like smutty demon stuff was happening in these yeah, famous fantasy exact, novels they yeah, just exactly. assumed because it was D&D you were and next that's it. why I really love D&D it's the smutty <laughs> demon stuff exactly and of yeah. course as soon as you started playing and somebody walked in it's like so when you're finger blasting the demon oh Jesus <laughs> just the yeah. worst timing much. ever mom yeah yeah. I always go straight from finger blasting <laughs> demon to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> if there's if there isn't a vor joke, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it was D and D fifth edition, and I always say, oh, it was a year and a half and a year and a half ago. I just realized that it was like three years ago, and I just <laughs> lost track of time. So mm. I've been playing for a little while now. And, and it sounds and like you're diving into the deep end, just going for it all the time. So oh yeah. Say. It's basically like the glorious mermaid before you, (laughs) like the the mermaids of the mystery island, Cloaca Island. Yes, (laughs) Cloaca Island. How about your first time, Shiny? Um, I first started playing. uh, I think it was seven-ish years ago. Uh, I never played growing up. All my nerd friends did, uh, but I didn't have the attention span for it. So you know, when they were playing D and D, I'd be off playing Mario or something and Mm -hmm. throwing stuff at them and distracting them whenever possible. But didn't start playing until I was an adult, and uh, my first character was shiny Ella Fizzle Sprite O'Muffins Harpel the Unstable. She is a wild magic sorcerer, so she's a handful. Uh, gnomish? Yeah. I could, I could tell gnome. by the name. Yeah, it, had, it, it rang gnomish. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I went full nerd on it, and mm-hmm. I did all this research into forest gnome society and naming mm-hmm. conventions. That's why our name is so long, but uh, it keeps getting longer. It didn't start out that long, but uh, it was 5e still. Um, it couldn't have been that long ago then. It's been a while, but I like Michaela said, I lost track of time now. So I was playing for somebody else and that game sort of unraveled and then we picked up another group and that fell apart. So Zach and I, my husband and I started DMing. Nope, so. me. Nope. <laughs> Zach. One Zach in this room. <laughs> There's only one Zach. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we, we had to... We're like the Highlander in that way. <laughs> yeah. There can only be one. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it seems like what was the, the what was the driving force that kind of pulled the two of you working in projects together to be like, well, I play D&D. It's fun. It's exciting. But something has caught my interest so strongly that I want to start doing it my own as a creative mind, producing things for people to be entertained by. Because I have a hunch, but I don't know for sure. So why don't you illuminate me? Well, together or like on our own? Just like what was the thing that was like when you started seeing it? It was like, OK, I want to do this, too. Like I want to do oh, this okay. in front of people. I didn't like my DM. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I can do that. Nice. And my DM was like, yeah, you can do that. And he got me the Curse of Strahd module. Mm-hmm. And I started running that for our group. And uh, it worked out that even though like we still played in that game as well, we would trade off weeks. Mm-hmm. So both of us could have more time to prep our games. And then I just kind of uh, moved away into just running my own game and like leaving that group. And awesome. just been running games ever since yeah we got full bore into it after the uh Ackink live game mm-hmm. you know when i first started watching Ackink, i saw a live game and then i went home and obsessively watched all of the old stuff and mm-hmm. listened to the old podcasts and everything and i was like i the old games we were playing were far more just action based you know there wasn't nearly as much role play and i was intimidated by that process so seeing another group do it in a fun way yeah. where it's not like 
you don't have to do voices and be ridiculous the whole time sure. like you can just have fun and do role play it's in a different option, way but yeah. it's still an option but it's if you can do voices relax. yeah like, I gotta say watching people play action math for 45 hours straight is right. just too much for me right. <laughs> like yeah. oh well, let's, let's have combat after combat after I stab combat. and stab and stab and stab I hit him with the thing yeah and that's it that's yeah. the most 4th edition podcasts not yeah. that I don't enjoy some <laughs> exactly so yeah seeing them do it uh, really got us into it again and like Michaela said, I I didn't like the way it was being done in some of my previous mm-hmm. groups, and so I took over. Nice. Uh, I am very controlling, and, <laughs> and that, that kind of reminds me, like just to get into it real quick, because like I know you're both very involved in it. It's kind of how I, I mostly sat down with this whole uh, the four of us recording right now was right. through the Shadow Council, the Portland yeah. Shadow Council, which is yep. the coolest name, because uh, I <laughs> since day one was just a super big fan of the C Team, because I'm just a big fan of all those individual professionals on their own and I was excited because I've been watching acting for so long and I was like yay cool YouTube stuff um, but the Shadow Council there's a Portland chapter of it and you guys are very active on Discord all the time and I was like kind of pulled into it I was like oh there's an actual like tangible group that's doing this all the time in Portland I want to I want to talk to these people and I immediately all these people started like interacting with me and listening to the things I was saying and like that I think it was the same day a group came into game night when I was working and brought me like keychains with the crest like yeah, carved into them and it was it felt like there was like the secret society there that really I was immediately is. pulled into yeah I think I don't remember what it was after because Boots and I created the Shadow Council Portland chapter and the, the discord <laughs> and everything because um, we you know the Shadow Council as a whole obviously existed already but we mm-hmm. realized at a con that there were a bunch of us that were in Portland and right. I was like how do I not know you people yet yeah. and so now we've got some 30 odd people in the channel who are all you know active to different levels different varying yeah. degrees even if it's even if they're not like active it's still like uh you can see if there's new events or like hangout totally. meetups yeah. and stuff we had our Christmas party last year yeah, which awesome. was amazing that was awesome i'll have to look into that one next year <laughs> um. yeah it's gonna be a yearly thing now but yeah we got fully into it mostly because you know even we've had a couple people in there who aren't even necessarily c-team fans up front but we've assimilated them right but it's just nerds D&D and people yeah D minded people fantastic yeah. yeah i just like learning about the little communities especially in our area because we like to you know connect yeah. with the, the groups and For fandoms sure. are fun uh actually we do have a uh, is it a google map that we, we do yeah that, google map document that's like an opt-in thing that uh fans i think i have the link like... on the penny arcade forum yeah so check it out there if you're interested in finding like members of the fandom that are in your area there's like an opt-in to drop a pin somewhere near wow. your area right, and not like, right on your address no not right on out. your address we we highly <laughs> recommend specifically you don't do requested that. it <laughs> do not give me your address we don't want to know where you live Great. but like uh, i think mine just says like portland area and cool. i like it find me there so the, the topic that we're kind of going over today is D meets the internet um, this was a, a game changer for kind of the D&D community as a whole. And of course, the internet itself, they both are attempting to break each other every day. But I thought it would be fun to talk about from either our own experiences or the projects we're working on. What are some of the pros and cons of D&D and the internet connecting and mixing together? So I got to warn you, this this topic is going to be very challenging for me because I've never used the internet. Um, so, <laughs> Understandable. Uh, no. He, he sends all wannabe. of our RSS codes via snail mail and mm-hmm. gets like, kind of lucked out mm-hmm. with uh, the podcast mm-hmm. working out. I used to use Smoke Signals, but mm-hmm. I found out that there actually has been a Pony Express or something like that here for a while. Wild. So, bonus. Well, someday they'll bring in the telegraph lines and <sighs> we'll be set. Hopefully. Got to invest. 
<laughs> so I think the first thing that is the best combination, the marriage of D&D and the internet, especially like playing it online, is uh, you don't have to wear pants and yes. you don't have to yes. smell anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be hard. You know, a lot of us like fairly nerdy people mm-hmm. aren't super social people either. Or so, hygienic. <laughs> or hygienic. So having a resource, like my first game that I ran online was on Roll20. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have a forum just dedicated to helping people find groups. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't know people that you can play with online, then you can go to some of these sites and find a group that suits your needs. So it's it's crazy challenging, I think, for me to run a game online, um, especially at the time I wasn't doing it with video. Not being able to see my players was a, a real problem for me. Right. Um, but now that I've got the video and everything set up, it's gotten much easier, but it's just a, a totally different feel. So it can I be a challenge. I if I don't have to look at law anytime we're playing. So that's, <laughs> or just in life, just yeah. in general. Yeah, most of the time when we're actually recording, I just have blinders on. So <laughs> we have a curtain that we erect. A handmaid's hat. <laughs> I, that, I've had a similar experience at first. Uh, it was kind of difficult to not have everybody just like around the table and like be able to, to look at their faces and like, pull someone aside and whisper something in their ear or something mm-hmm. but yeah uh since just i started sweet nothings or like I don't yeah know, like usually death so. threats no. yeah just like <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I own your character now yeah. <laughs> by the way that was a demon <laughs> yeah yeah exactly totally it's like the difference between demon after. like calling your family on the holidays and actually like sitting in a room with them it's like there's yeah, a whole kinda. energy you kind of pick up on see my it's big concern about playing things online is, is often there's anonymity because you're being kind of like matched up with people through you don't know these people yeah um, but that's and nice in some ways i don't want be. people to know who i am <laughs> i am when your game doesn't turn into a fake in uh fuck festival uh featuring two people and yeah in the, yeah in the relationship that can be weird that turns a little weird I haven't experienced that yet. I've had so. bad luck with uh, strangers <laughs> and games. It like it. Maybe we, we got to give you some advice on how to like find better, it's a, better it's, online groups. Because Shiny and I actually have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in that. And, like, yeah, building groups online. With... Um, fake and fuck festivals? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool, just making sure. It's the future of Ren Fairs. Yeah, yeah, making sure, you know, we, we actually are going to do a panel on it later this year about session zeros, making sure that you've got players that are on the same page as you. But we build surveys out and ahead of time. Like we send them out on Twitter mm-hmm. and have people fill out a survey and actually choose our players from that. So we can make sure that we don't have the people who are looking for something very different get involved in the group right. when no we don't want it. trying on women's skin to goodbye horses. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've seen that a lot on Roll20. I haven't uh, touched it except for with like close friends um, that there are like all the DMs are like, yeah, you got to answer this questionnaire if you even want to consider being part of the game. And I'm like. I like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm, my work. first game without it was a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, Same. I learned that if I wanted it to be successful for my sake and for my players' sake, I needed to be strict. I think mm. we need to standardize this, the Scantron. Like, I want those oldly standardized tests oh, yeah. where you yeah. fill in the bubble with the number two pencils mm. so that your DM can determine your value. Well, we do have... <laughs> in the 21st century, <laughs> there, there's this thing... On the internet, sure. You have to get an that online first. survey, um, and that's on one of those www dot web web addresses. Yeah, one of okay. one of those things. That's on where like I find a Google. out. Google, have you heard of Alta Vista? You mean? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> uh, what was the dog one? Fetch. What was uh, the dog? just Fetch? Oh, yeah, what I think I it was. Remember? Something ridiculous, but there was a dog. Yeah, we there used Survey dog. Monkey. My my head canon was that he was Jeeves' dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd broken out on his own, tired mm-hmm. of working for the man. <laughs> yeah, he got under out from under the thumb of Jeeves. Oh. <laughs> That's good. The dog opposite of domesticated. That finds things. Well, when we, Feral. See, I prefer oh. the idea that he was actually just Jeeves' persona. 
Or his, uh, or his familiar. Mm, ooh, it's better not awaken something Dude, in me. If somebody can instantly conjure like the, the, the vastness of the internet, they're probably a wizard and they probably have a familiar. So you're probably mm, right. True. I think one of the surveys you should have to take to join a Roll20 group is like, which Disney princess are you like based on the favorite sandwiches you have or something? Oh, God. Like, what, <laughs> Just what, throw it in there, see what they do. Right. See or how like, weird they get. What you know, Harry honestly, Potter Chibata I, bread? I, fuck you. <laughs> I had a really good episode of my stream D&D High Tea with Leone, who goes by gloss and gadgets on twitter one day we'll meet somebody with one name well not in twitter back in my day people had one name well like share and bono <laughs> i <laughs> doubt you have only by one the name. trees and the wind zach. Uh, i'm, so I'm just zach zach, zach um, the mysterious yeah yeah but, <laughs> but yeah we just talked about yeah, building yeah, we those just, surveys we talked about it in Leonie's like requirements and things for the information she wants to know was so detailed and like so cleverly put together that uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of doing that. So yeah, very open minded or open ended, so people could put their foot in their mouth and you could see it. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know? So it's almost like a kind of like a trick question. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I feel oh, like do you there have are no places online for watching people put their foot in their mouth? That's mm. true. That's a different survey. <laughs> Uh, I think they also probably get more web traffic than most yeah. D&D pages. Certainly more than us. <laughs> Apparently that's what I, my ne- next episode needs to be about. Mm. We'll just put our feet in our mouth. It's just feet vor. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the internet demands. <laughs> Welcome to League of Ultimate Questing and foot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I lost the question I was going to ask. Hard pass. So I, I had way too many visuals of characters and NPCs um, <laughs> just flood through my mind. Uh, so the, I feel like the earliest version of like being online and trying to play D and D was in like <laughs> y- y- like YouTube chats and things like, or I mean, all, all like uh, Yahoo chat, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like chat. that, uh, or like AOL. Comments, no, I, no YouTube comment RPG game though. Have you ever tried to do start an RP in a YouTube comment section? <laughs> that is the challenge. Yeah. Uh, don't. By the way, don't take a bunch of Benadryl and then uh, get on your computer because <laughs> boy howdy, will you wake up with some interesting friends? But no, there'd be the people who would like not necessarily host like a chat room, but like the, just the ongoing submission D and D game. Mm-hmm. And they were just mm, the worst. Cause type. it's like, if you could type a paragraph fast, you would just go seven times before the next person mm-hmm. acted. There was, there was an era, uh, way back in the, in the heyday of the early two thousands, mm-hmm. uh, where there were people on MySpace, mind you had to be MySpace sometimes, sometimes Facebook, mm-hmm. but, um, Naruto fan clubs where you would, uh, create a MySpace profile sure. for a character and then RP them through the MySpace environment. <laughs> mm. And I got to say, I have never felt such a tremendous sexual and personal awakening as when I was role-playing Rock Lee. Ooh, and wow. that's just... The, the handsome devil of the leaf village. Yes, obviously. absolutely. The, with that rock and bowl cut and those sweet, sweet caterpillars Which he has for just eyebrows. Just like my dad did as a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> just like, just like I thought dad. you were saying your dad role-played Rock Lee, and I'm like, my no. timeline of existence just got completely skewed. <laughs> role-play... I think Rock Lee role-played my dad. That's what's oh. yeah. Your dad inspired so it all. So he cosplayed yeah. your dad and yeah. still does to this day. I definitely had a Facebook account for one of my World of Warcraft characters, but that was just because I didn't want my guild mm. to know who I was in real life. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. We're just the worst and it's the best. Yeah. Um, there was also, I'll throw this one out to really bottom out this shit well. Uh, there was <laughs> Yahoo chat uh, Dragon Ball Z fights mm. where you wow. would literally fights. type very quickly to say what your character is doing and having fast WPMs made you a better fighter I in punch. the... That it was is the, the coolest goddamn thing I've ever. It's heard not. No, that is the <laughs> liest of lie 
That is a fat untruth. That is so cool. It's not. Oh my god. Do you have any idea how many friends you could make by whipping that out at parties? It was bad. Mm. I think we all have a good idea of how many friends we could make. (laughs) The answer is not many. That's why they retreated to the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Generally, you're not supposed to whip that stuff out at parties. Yeah. There's a list of three things minimum to whip out at parties. (laughs) Yeah, Donkey Kong lore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So what do we... In what ways do you think the internet completely changed D&D? The first thing that comes to mind is streaming. Mm -hmm. Because once... Twitch Dungeons and Dragons teams started taking off. Uh, it just attracted so many new people to the game and allowed a, a space for more diverse groups of people to see other people like them who aren't just like uh, sweaty middle aged white dudes totally. with bad hygiene sitting around <laughs> right. the table. You get like, to watch attractive people. You get to watch attractive people play. You get to watch people of color, uh, women, mm-hmm. yeah, people, people of different ages. With. Mostly yeah. just Matt Mercer. That's all I do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Critical Role, Maze Arcana, C Team, these groups, you know, opened up the world of Dungeons and Dragons to everybody and really showed them what it was. You know, you could still make fun of us, and they definitely do. But now somebody could shut their mouth and sit down and watch a game of Dungeons and Dragons and see what it's mm-hmm. actually about and realize, oh, wait, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And it also shows like there's so many different ways to play. Yeah. Like role play heavy, uh, combat heavy. So exposure and getting yeah. to like witness it. Because it's funny because even before the, the live streams, there was a lot of D&D podcasts and things like that. And they just they were there and they definitely had a following. But it's weird how it wasn't until it got translated to live video that people really picked up the mantle, like the average Joe would actually sit down and yeah. really dive into the, the live game. Um, so I wonder what it is about getting to actually see people do it versus listen to people do it. Probably the same thing. Identification, um, mm-hmm. making it more accessible to people, yeah. but seeing people oh. that look like you play the game instead of what you imagine. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think Twitch and YouTube specifically, you have your live chat live comment section yeah so Mm -hmm. people watching can actually feel involved and like uh they're part of this greater audience of people that they can actually communicate with yeah exactly i made so many friends in the c team chat room Mm -hmm. and i was i was like i would like nerd out about them i'd be like oh shiny bat girl and doctor they're just such nice people and they're always like so encouraging in this chat while we're watching the stream uh and then i ended up becoming great friends with them it's awesome it's this interesting progression of of first you know playing D and then putting out there the fact that you're playing D&D and then letting people watch you play D&D and listen mm-hmm. to it and that getting caught on and then people being like, okay, I get to watch this and be involved in it in some way by yeah. just chatting and interacting with these people in this kind of medium. Uh, yeah, I, I think, don't think it would be the same if it was even just on TV. Like no, streaming. Yeah, you wouldn't get the community aspect of it. Yeah. Not at all. Um, and I think there's other things like D&D has done to like just, or the internet has done to completely change D&D is introducing things like, you know, you've turned, like in 2001, I think it was like the introduction of the SRD, mm-hmm. uh, the open game license, where you can turn all of the rule books into ones and zeros and put them onto a website and literally everyone can just access them for no price at all um, and use them for their own game design and things like that. Until, you know, Wizards of the Coast decided to basically, you know, neuter all of that. And now you can only get the most barest pieces of information it's it's okay well, but D&D it's, uh, beyond it's never been easier <laughs> hey just gotta pull out your wallet just and pay a lot money. of money <laughs> right yeah, finally we can with, spend money on the books yeah <laughs> with D beyond though like they have it set up so that 
if one person has the resources, you can share it with your own D&D right. party. So, so it does have the same aspect of like community mm-hmm. sharing as if you buy a book and you're sitting <laughs> yeah. around a table and you're like, hey, let me just pass this book around Every, every high school group at. had that one person who bought all the books because yep. their parents loved them more or something. Bought? Yeah. <laughs> or borrowed, stole, bought, yeah, download, go. printed at Kinko's, <laughs> printed at the school library. Yeah, I'm that resource hoarder person. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Your shrine I never is once uh, borrowed one of those books from the library and never returned it. That never happened. That's never that didn't happen. Dude, if I had had a library with D&D books, I might have gotten into it way sooner. But... I, didn't, I don't even know that that's... A, I mean, I'm sure it is now, but I The Hillsborough think Library yeah. has hella D&D wow, resources. that's cool. I learned something that excites me. Well, and comic like books. Libraries. I went yeah. more into like where you go and you can use the PC and print your own stuff. And be yeah. Like, I'm going to print a 30-page PDF game supplement. <laughs> I'm going to reload my gin and tonic that I'm drinking out of a copper mug. And the reason why I'm so excited about this copper mug is because as I breathe into it, it uh, emits a vast amounts of vapor. And I feel like I'm nice. drinking some kind of fucking alchemical concoction and it makes me very oh, happy. It's so, like you're drinking gin out of a policeman's face. <laughs> oh God. Because <laughs> it's a copper Hard mug. Pass. No. Oh, wow. That was awful. Wow. There it is. That hurts. I got the, the, the coral groan though. That was That's what ideal. I'm all about. In our Celtic Knot game that boots DMs on Twitch, uh, if you make a pun, which at least two of our players do extremely regularly <laughs> that either makes everybody laugh or makes everybody groan you get inspiration nice yep. well, tell, real quick give me just like a synopsis like a 30 second synopsis of what this celtic knot is because i've witnessed it and done a little research but i want to hear oh, yeah. it from you guys so celtic knot is my little pet project D game we play other every other week on twitch and it is a dungeons and dragons fifth edition set in the moonshade isles but I'm just using the map and building everything else out for lore mm-hmm. and characters. And in this setting that we're playing, there's a very heavy theme of like Celtic and Norse gods being really involved in the land and fucking everything up. So this group Most of young, fresh, unsuspecting adventurers are just kind of wandering into the middle of it and figuring out what's, what's going wrong. Hell yeah. 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 I play an incredibly uneducated and naive Eladrin elf who just wants to help. <laughs> yes, but she also is a student. So. Yeah. <laughs> Learning. Hey, she's figuring Learning. stuff out. Nice. Yeah, it's she a very interesting mix of strange characters that we've got going on. Well, I always appreciate a good storyline that kind of weaves in a real world mythos of some kind. Yeah. So it's like a relatability with our own history put into the fantasy world. That's always kind of fascinating to me. I, I would not consider this a historically accurate <laughs> thing at all. <laughs> There's words <laughs> that are real words. yeah we sometimes use we we use your words yeah yeah but yeah it's great and we're gonna be playing next week we talked about earlier how like people are starting to watch things like critical role and listen to the podcasts or do c team stuff and i wanted to think about like do we feel like having D D on display in this way is is affecting the game in a way where there's a lot more people who see it all the time and for a long time, it's been tricky for people to find D&D groups. Like back in the day, you just got good at it. You learned who at school to talk to or who in your town, which game shops were actually helpful. But now there's a large demographic of people who see this and they think it's cool because the famous people who are funny and talented are doing it. And then they watch it and they're engaged in the story. And they're like, I want to do this too. And those stupid idiots get on <laughs> fucking microphones and start recording dumb right? podcasts. Yeah, they're just cheap. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, <laughs> But there's this huge demand for it now. And do we feel like making it this almost uh, 
not in a negative connotation because I'm way into it in every aspect. This almost like a, a celebrity spectacle is is affecting the game in a way where people are like it's almost like a commodity. Like now you're getting to the point where there's this whole taboo, and it's not actually a taboo. I love it where DMs are charging to to run games because I it should have been like that for a long time, honestly. But if you had said that ten years ago, I, I I'm certain that like 95 yeah. percent of the D and D community would just like be aghast at the thought of it. Um, and now it's very realistic because so many people want to do it and the good, like the cream rises from the milk, you know, and you get the really good DMs and they can actually like make a living out of this game. Is it affecting the game in that like having more people is watering it down and making more boring home games? Or is it just there's a whole new community of creative minds that are changing it for the for the better? Like what's your take on that? Yeah, I think you could always get stuck. Like if you didn't do session zeros or surveys or anything to kind of weed people out and make sure you're playing with the right people, you could definitely get stuck with people that aren't on the same page as you or they just want to copy what they've seen on a particular show and just replay a certain character. And there's, I think there's a table for everybody at this point. You could find a DM who's willing to recreate Critical Role. And uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Boots and I tend to build our own worlds and we have weirdos that play with us. And so... (laughs) We, it, it just gives us more opportunity, I think. Um, and Boots does actually run games like professionally uh, at Orcs, Orcs, Orcs events. Is that I'm saying that right? How do I not say it works right? But yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah she's gotten great at it. And uh, I think because of that, it, it just opens it up for everybody. And that is how we, we met. Um, yeah, yeah. Through Orcs, Orcs, also. Orcs. I'm another one of the DMs and I was very excited to see our, our army expanding. But I will say it's an interesting point though, the idea that, 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 <sighs> As something becomes more popular, mm-hmm. it kind of generates uh, imitators and copycats. Mm-hmm. But more than that, it just kind of fills up the community. So Yeah, I don't think it's di- di- diluting it or anything. True. But I so, think it's just expanding the number of possible good table fits that sure. you can have. So and what I find a lot happens a lot, especially when you compare uh, homebrew versus something that's carefully regulated, you have this issue where there's a balance between too much content that you can't find the good stuff anymore and too little content that nobody cares about because you have to basically choose between five options or get nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And finding that balance is always tricky because like with podcasts, Twitch streams, etc., you know, there's so many people who want to engage and make something and and reach out and actually create some content. Mm -hmm. But with every person that does and does it badly, it does kind of not dilute, but it makes it harder to find the good stuff. Right. It it saturates the market in a bit. Yeah. And that's not in a bad way. And when I first implied this message, I didn't want to imply that diluting meant that if you were inexperienced, you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best time to start. But I had someone particularly call out uh, a sort of role-playing group that I was following saying that they were very much against the idea of these professional DMs and uh, the celebrities who are extremely good at DMing and professional actors doing it because they feel like it's making it so people can't that it's raising the bar too high oh, so that like that, everyone's yeah. expecting everyone at the I table to know what they're doing <laughs> and have good voices and I yeah. was I thought it was ridiculous I'm like should we get rid of the food network so we can't cook for our families anymore yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. make like, food because right. Al, Al, Al Brown is too good <laughs> at it and the, what I would say is, is what it's doing yes it does raise the bar but that raising mm-hmm. the bar is what's necessary after I, years yeah. of playing with a bunch of subpar DMs I'm suddenly finding people who I never thought had any real talent suddenly rising themselves to the occasion and doing better because there's somebody out there who can show them what better looks like yeah i think progress in that way like it's like video games and stuff keep getting more in depth and graphically advanced because they're comparing it to what's already out there and it keeps getting better mm-hmm. i do think that it's important to note that seeing the rise of like professional dms it it doesn't mean that it's just 
changing how your average home game is played. Mm -hmm. I think it's more a reflection of realizing that the work and time that people put into writing these adventures and being good storytellers and community builders, that that's something that is valuable and you can recognize that value, not just by like being excited about it or like wanting to talk about it, but by putting your wallet yeah. towards it but also sharing it like just it's throwing a, your wallet throw your <laughs> at whole the wallet at me show up <laughs> sock full of nickels <laughs> slap them in the, in the keister yeah I no, think anybody who's not. mad about DMs getting paid for being DMs has never DM'd a game because right. it is a legit tangible skill or, or they skill. just don't believe that they're good enough to charge for it I don't yeah. know yeah. Yeah. I'm, so and I'm going to make a about... final point on that and I want to do a quick history check which is a fun thing where I talk about a moment in history uh, through D&D gaming because my thing on the, the my final note on that is like I'm a chef and a professional DM like those are two of my main careers I charge people to cook when i'm on the clock but i will cook for my friends and family for free yeah. at a drop of a hat and i, I hope that the, having extra experience in that just makes it more special and will willingly drive me into a goddamn coma <laughs> with just Food cheese coma. and schweinhoxen <laughs> so in forgotten Subscribe. realms there is a ruined and cursed magical elven city called mithranor it's uh, been around for a long time and it's got some reputation. Uh, it was a very, it was a paragon of, of magic and enchantment and elven culture until it was overrun by demons and destroyed, which is why it's cursed. In 2001, Ubisoft released a game called Pool of Radiance, Ruins of Mithranor. And much like the curse of the city, it came with some curses of its own. It was released for Windows PC, uh, and it was considered very a, a very bad game. It had way too many glitches, mm. and it was extremely difficult and hard to navigate, and people would play it for an hour and have no idea what they were doing. Um, <laughs> But it came shipped out of the box with what is debatably one of the worst glitches in video game history, uh, which is if you installed it right out of the box without any patches and uninstalled it, it would delete a large portion of your computer system files. Wow. <laughs> and make your computer completely unrunnable. That's it what you get. It just bricked your system? It just fucked it right up. And I, I went down a deep rabbit hole of reading people's actual experience with having this done to their computer. And apparently it was based on the fact that it like forced you to save things onto the C drive. And I'm, when I was reading, I'm like, this sounds unlikely. And then I went mm-hmm. down the hole and I'm like, wow, okay, they really fucked this up. <laughs> and they did it again with a later myth journal where it had a messed up, uh, it, it fucked up your system. That's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what you get for uninstalling stuff. Hi everybody, it's Zach. I'm just going to go ahead and keep this one nice and short. So this is D20 Questions. I want to thank you all for listening. If you like this stuff, please, please, please get the word out there. We could really use the signal boost. Um, Every single little bit of social media interaction really, really helps. Just sharing something once is is a huge deal. But more specifically, just tell people you think might like it. If you have any questions, comments, and concern, you can find our Discord chat on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash slapdash studios. We'd love to hear ways in which you think that D20 Questions can become a more engaging podcast and more exciting. Also, if you have any questions about D&D, if you have any uh, curiosity, if you have any interesting scenarios that you'd like me and law to play out on the show please reach out to us you can send us an email at admin at slapdash studios.com or reach out on twitter or facebook we'd love to hear it as you may know if you listen to league of ultimate questing we're going to be at rose city comic-con on saturday september 14th from 11 to 12 at the orcs 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 booth if you want to meet me in law come on by and grab some swag in the form of stickers and pins and other random nonsense thanks again for listening if you're enjoying this episode or any of the other d20 questions episodes and you want to listen to the d21 sides where we just kind of shoot the shit and have some fun 
go ahead, head on over to that Patreon I mentioned before, patreon.com slash slapdash studios. Go ahead and pledge three bucks and you get access to the entire catalog of D21 sides. But enough housekeeping. Let's get back to the show. So it's actually interesting that you brought up the idea of video games in D&D and specifically that we're talking about like the internet and how that affected things. So mm-hmm. we all know your feelings on fourth edition and we all know that you like it, or at least some of the things that it brought. Um, but one of the things I think a lot of people were turned off by with fourth edition was how much it was influenced by modern gaming, especially mm-hmm. modern internet gaming. So World of Warcraft had a massive influence on fourth edition in the way it's paced, in the way it's focused, in the in the in the just the general style of it. It's very focused on that sense of of this kind of like form a party, go out, kill a bunch of things, do a raid, get your gear, go back. And that's not a bad thing. But what I think happened as a side effect is it created this feeling where D and D is now a video game supplement. Like mm. it's like D and D is no longer its own entity. D and D is now I'm basically playing a video game, but I'm doing it just with my friends and no electricity. And as much as people tried to capture that attitude, like, like I mean, countless D20 games have been made, you know, from Forgotten Realms games and mm-hmm. like your, your Baldur's Gate, your, even, even like your Knights of the Old Republic with Star Wars. They never really captured the feeling of Dungeons and Dragons. They never really felt the same. Mm-hmm. But you can capture any game you want in a good tabletop RPG. True. Usually does a good job. And I've we've had this discussion before. Not on D20, though, but I don't personally. I mean, I, I can draw some similarities for sure, without question, with things like uh, the massive online multiplayer games mm-hmm. like WoW and 4th Edition. I think artistically it borrowed a lot from 4th Edition and in mm-hmm. its advertising method. But I, I have some arguments for how the game structure is, in fact, more similar to other older versions of different RPGs than it is to World of Warcraft itself. But the timeline is very suspicious. Like, it was right about exactly the same time. Sure, but I think most of that came off through the artwork because there hasn't been really a strong version of D&D where it, it came in the like player's handbook and tells you how to tell the story. It just gives you the mechanics. And I feel like a lot of people failed at 4th edition because it just wasn't DM'd very well. Like the story is intrinsic. It's a between the lines thing. Like you have to, you're not going to read your character's background and learn how you want to run your character. You're just going to find out what they can do during a fight. What about you? Like you guys grew up around the same time as me, I guess. Similar. I mean, not, maybe not some of you. I don't know. I'm pretty She's a baby. I, yeah. She's tricky like so that. We, we've got a nice like spread of ages here. I mean, yeah. but, but you've played your MMOs, right? Did you ever yeah, play yeah. fourth edition at all? No, I, I, the only D&D games I've played are 3.5 and 5e. Interesting. Just skipped right over fourth, huh? Yeah, nobody fucked around with fourth and my griffs. So <laughs> it basically once it once it died, it, it like almost nobody touches it except the diehard fans yeah. and people who are curious. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know people who have collected four books and like use them as resources supplements for other things. Yeah, I've used some of the content as uh, just a resource. I have a friend who picks up every fourth edition book he finds at Goodwill, and he's got like this nice little shelf building. It's just like oh, side note: this is now the fifth episode and confirmed pattern i reference my friend adam in every episode <laughs> not important just but thought it there. should be mentioned everybody should know just yeah romance. i did i mean speaking of video games whether or not they emulate ttrpgs uh i played neverwinter for a while and i feel like that does i mean of course it's a forgotten realms game yeah, right right but i think it did a decent job uh if you didn't if you actually focused on all of the elements of sort of replicating the feel. I mean, when you create your character, you roll for your stats and mm-hmm. you choose from classic classes. And even sure. when you're in game, 
you can see, like if you do an attack, you can see if you critically fail or critically hit. Sure, so yeah. as a D&D nerd, I feel like that one was, it was still a video game. It's not the same, but it, it brought a lot of those elements. Definitely. And there's a, like a tier ranking of like the games that have gotten the closest in really capturing the mechanics of D&D in the game format. And that's definitely a top five, I'd say. It's interesting. Like, so to me, I feel like Neverwinter was made as a, as a successor to Baldur's Gate. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like, they, let's, let's take Baldur's Gate and bring it into a more advanced, like a more modern uh, visual storytelling medium. Cause you know, Baldur's Gate was very 2D sprites and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so recently I had this massive craving to play some D&D. Like, cause we've been doing luck for a while, but it's like, I can't wait a month every single time to sit down and play. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like producing and stuff. And it's like, come on. So I wanted to play something and none of my friends were available for games. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to find, I'm going to find a game. I'm going to find a video game that feels like it. And I never played Baldur's Gate before. And so I pick it up and I had been playing a lot of D20 games. Like I played Never Winter. I played like all that stuff and things that were modeled after D&D. But Baldur's Gate is the first one I've played that feels like I am playing a solo D&D campaign where I pick it up and I'm like, holy Jesus, I am I am in the world. I am here. That's I am whatever cool. I want to be. And while I liked Neverwinter, I don't think it captured it in the same way. I feel like Neverwinter was, was the first of its kind to do what it did. And since then, so many games spinned off of it mm-hmm. that kind of create that same feel. Um, like Dragon Age is a great example of something that is like a, like a Neverwinter Baldur's Gate inheritance kind of thing. But... I don't know, well, man. The cool thing about Baldur's Gate is you can have that party vibe where, like, mm-hmm. you have people traveling with you, mm. but they're not, like, annoying actual humans who will just be like, oh, you're doing this raid, I'm going to leave and they're go do something They're hilarious goofballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except cool. the worst goddamn thing in the entire world is when you highlight, oh, what is her name? The, the druid and she... Shahira. And every single time you highlight her, she's like, yes, omnipresent uh, authority figure. And yeah. she says it every single time. I don't want to punch her <laughs> in her stupid head. They break the fourth wall a lot, and it's great. Yeah. 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 Well, don't get me wrong. I love I love. Bra- in the fourth wall i just hate that line yeah, it gets old <laughs> bad russian accents skeeve it's, me it's also that she's one of the best built characters for your party so you like you always play with jira mm-hmm. if you have the right. option yeah, i haven't played them yet i but i have been watching kate welch do her mm-hmm. like uh welch's game juice yeah. where she goes through them all and so that's yeah. that's actually I don't know the what first that is. can you tell me what that is yes uh this is not an ad hashtag this is not an ad mm-hmm. but... also super super quick throw and i'm gonna uh, I admit my undying love for Kate Welch. I got Me the level leader. She's the best person alive on this one. I'm going to my, I took the admit worst my undying love for Welch's grape juice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fair. Well, th- that's the tie-in. That's why it's <laughs> Welch's game juice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so she's what's her what's her job title at wizards she's one of the writer editors i think she yeah she a uh, lead, creative designer lead creative designer i think something like that rules designer in, the, in that gene, yeah i think she's a, a lead D rules designer she's hot shit yeah she's uh, in ma- so many ways yeah but <laughs> yeah you got a little fan club here so oh, good, good don't worry good. about it but <laughs> does she has a does she have a fever or something Yes. Oh. Red hair, you know. Oh, probably yeah. a fever then. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, Starts with hair. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, Welch's Game Juice is uh, her own stream that she started at Wizards, hmm. where on Thursdays she plays through each of the Baldur's Gate games. And so hmm. she started with the first one. And then by the time uh, they got to the one they're on now, I don't, I don't remember which one they're on now, but that's when they announced the new Baldur's Gate coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's so kind it's of a kind lead, of like up the lead up to the, the new Baldur's Gate yeah. 3, which the trailer was very tasty for. I am much excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's been my only introduction to Baldur's Gate games, is I'm, watching her play. I never wanted to play them. Honestly, like, they, it seemed to me, like, because I, I grew up playing Fallout 1 and 2, which were very similar to Baldur's Gate. And yeah. by, the time, by the time I learned that Baldur's Gate even really existed, 
the, the 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 technology of gaming had grown grown so much, and I was like, I'm not gonna go back and play this. You were too busy haloing with master queefs, and yes, yes, I I was the master of queefs, <laughs> um, or whatever that means. Um, Chris, I'm I'm not a video game boy, and I never sure. have been. I've done you know my share. I I saved up for a Nintendo 64 like four years after it had been released, uh, but. I have played through Baldur's Gate 1, beginning to end probably 15 times. <laughs> but I will also say that, uh, excuse me, but a slapdash history check here. Lon, mm-hmm. I began my video game uh, video game uh, Let's Plays. Pokemon, Pokemon specifically. Nice. <laughs> I, am, I am a huge Pokemon fan, and I kind of threw some Nuzlocke info, Zach, yeah. and he got oh, kind of addicted as well. I did. I, I'd never played a Nuzlocke before, and for, for this, this beautiful boy. You know, uh, Nuzlocke is the exact opposite of my entire relationship to video games because yeah. i'm the person who has i i am known in my circles as the legend of zelda fan mm-hmm. like mm. for my 16th birthday everyone who got me a present got me a zelda themed present i had like <laughs> just a fucking stack of zelda merch fuck yeah friends. and <laughs> yeah, yeah great great friends. friends and family then they knew what i'm about but i've never completed a zelda game like i've never you know, and I any don't think that's like a uh, that's like a badge you have to win in order to be a fan of it. Oh no, 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 it's not I, about winning. Yeah. It's just like yeah, put me in Breath of the Wild, the and they're in like, order to be a fan of it, right? Oh, this is the this is the setting. This is the end goal. You have to fight Ganon, and I'm like, what if I don't fight Ganon? Instead, I pick up every rock in Hyrule. Like, yeah, that's slash fiction about Ganon and fucking <laughs> that random guard that stands at the front of Death Mountain. Yeah, yeah. you know they have the hots for each other. Why not? They see so much of each other. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like if you if you if you fight the end boss, then the game's over, and that's sometimes too much of a separation anxiety. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. why'd you fucking anxiety. call me out like that, Law? <laughs> I've done the uh, the fable games that way, where I'm like, mm. all right, this is great. I really don't want to do this last thing that I know is going to end the story. So then there's a couple fable games where I've like played up to the very end and just stopped <laughs> some some games are so open that it happens on accident like when yeah. I, first, I got super sick and i actually got to play skyrim because my ex left her 360 at my house and was like go ahead and like i'm i have like and it still smelled some, like her some horror oh yeah just the the c drive was just a, <laughs> no um the controller was still sticky no it was a super <laughs> horrible like throat infection or something well, you gotta make it weird <laughs> Uh, you That's said gross. anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I beat Skyrim like on accident. Like I didn't realize I was doing like the final mainline quest. I was just like running oh, around that's having another fun. One. I'm like, oh hey, look, another dragon. Oh, it's the dragon. It's like oh, it's the, the divine the... template from which all dragons were wrought. It's a yeah. article. Got it. I, I, whoops, I killed it. Uh, game over. I mean, and of course the game doesn't actually end. But I was like, oh, that was the mainline quest. Okay, I didn't even. I wasn't aware it was happening. Y'all may have heard what sounded an awful lot like a fart. You have to understand that is my pillow. Mm-hmm. It's made of like sure. a rubberized situation. That's his name for his colon. We've all heard that. <laughs> Near pillow. <laughs> Near pillow. <laughs> Your friends rest the their heads there or what? <laughs> okay, so uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. So you were asking about basically how the internet has changed gaming. Mm-hmm. And one way that uh, recently came into sharp relief for me was uh, I was talking to Stephanie, my partner, and she's been running her first game, her first proper full game uh, lately. And she had this binder this binder full of information too mm-hmm, many pieces mm-hmm. of paper too many characters too much world building all this other stuff and i was like well why don't you just use google drive and she looks at me just with this blank stare and she's like how <laughs> and i'm like 
it's a dr- it's go- it's Google Drive. It, it's sheets. It, it, word it, folders. You, this is coming from the guy who's like, I've never touched the internet. Oh, that was a hardcore know. joke. I actually am an IT manager. Oh, I, and know, I, I know. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out. Who are you judging? Okay. Cool. 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 The cool, contrast the facade and the has dropped. The facade yeah. has dropped. Yeah. So yeah. so so I was like, okay, well, you could just use Google Drive, and she's like, well, I couldn't do this, and I'm like, you totally can. Just do this, and like every single step of it was yes. her being like, I can't do it for this reason, and I'm like, here's 15 ways in which you could do that better. And then I came home recently and I saw her on her computer, like typing in a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm converting my notes to Google Drive. (laughs) Yeah. But that's something I think a lot of people don't appreciate. No, totally. And like one of the the great storytelling coming of ages for me in the world of D&D, which I think was sometime around 3.5 or the dawn of Pathfinder. No, it was definitely 3.5. Was the group that I was in decided that we would just start a blogger. Um, and we would all have access to it. The DM would post, which was me at the time, um, would post an intro, like a couple paragraphs, like a, a light uh, sub-story intro to what was happening that week. And all the characters would do either a flashback to their past or a journal entry from the perspective of their characters that everyone could read. But it was nothing that would like break the game or give away any kind of world lore that was mm-hmm. important to the story and so before each session or like halfway through when you get that itch like around wednesday if you've got like a friday game you would get to go into the blogger and read what your characters are writing about themselves and how they're interacting with your world a lot of coming of age stories begin with a persistent itch Continue. yes very much so and uh yeah so blogger changed the way that we could share our character stories with each other all in like real time so I got a question so you you've been doing your own like you know stream is it a stream is it a video series what is what exactly uh streams but then i also run a lot of one shots and things that are uh just not recorded just for fun okay over discord or at the library or whatever so how much of that is done through online media so for example me my ability to grab a friend's laptop load up my google drive and instantly access my entire like world notes is kind of invaluable how much of that happens with you and how much of it is just like hard paper and just, you know, that kind of thing? Um, I don't take notes as a DM. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm too distracted. It's it's hard. So I like rely on my players for notes or for the, the paper notes or session notes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have probably 12 folders in my Google Drive for different 12 mm. different campaigns sure. and within those like hundreds of files see i can't take notes during either for me it's like i i will plan a game a little bit and that's it and then go right into it but while i'm there i have to have like tabs open for like yeah okay these are characters this is you know this is just world lore this is random stuff this is names because god damn it i'm just gonna forget every fucking name i know you want kind of storm there for a second oh <laughs> i did a little god bit damn I, it. god damn it. um no uh but it's it's, yeah. it's a constant thing where i'm I'm, I'm needing the internet more and more. And if I don't have Wi-Fi connection on the laptop available, I can't really run my No game. Wi-Fi. I can't run my dungeon. <laughs> Download it to be an offline access yeah. file. True, firstly. True, and then true. I also try to keep everything that I need for the game in one Google Doc. Mm-hmm. So like my world building, my like organizing spreadsheets, all these are the NPCs and where they showed up, whatever. Those are in like different documents, but for the session i only want to have one tab open gotcha yeah i'm a crazy documentation nerd so i have both i have dozens of binders but (laughs) i also have an insane like two terabyte google drive that i have all of my uh player information in stuff that i want them to be able to access Mm -hmm. and uh we use discord too for like in between session role play uh and 
conversations and stuff. So mine is kind of spread all over the place, really. But I'm like the Leslie Nope of D and D. She has her, her binders are dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> Three gross. <laughs> That's not gross. I am super jealous of people's ability to take notes of any kind. Like I'll, mm. I'll be sitting there watching friends of mine, and they'll be like jamming out this shorthand, and they got all these like neatly like columned things, and I'm like, my notes. I put the word cheese hat. Yeah. on a piece of paper 45 minutes into the game and I have no idea what the fuck it's supposed to mean. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, I take a lot of notes for her campaign because there's so many like lore things that happen and uh, things that I know I'm going to forget as a humans person. So I've got I've got a binder for each character too. So whenever Wait, I go to a game... Characters? For each of Damn. my characters okay, that okay. I play. Oh, God, okay. no. I was like, we have them for uh, each Celtic Are you taking some people's notes for them? Shit. Like, I just write down everything that happened. Did, did people bully you, did, like, letting them copy off your homework? Is that, is oh, that they thing? tried. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Shiny was someone who Do you get, like, a little like, excited about, like, like, dividers with, like, proper labels? And yes. Stuff? really fun. I, yeah, I have a, an organization fetish. We've discussed yeah. this many times, Boots and I. Jealous. We're super into spreadsheets and organization. Oh, I'm a chart. I'm a chart boy. Yeah. I'm the person who shows up at, like, you know, like like a, like a BDSM fair, and it's like, oh, I want to learn how to do these things. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have the follow through. I'm like, tie them up every time. Come on, that's yeah. a lot. That's intrinsic with the binder full of notes. Is the BDSM community? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Right. Very, very organized game, filing. There is a not tying section. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it's very logical. Xanathar's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very comprehensive. And you said it's called Celtic Knot, right? I mean, this is... <laughs> oh, Celtic Knot without the K. It's a pun, oh, too. There's great. a lot of puns. Ha! See, I thought this was going to be a far more exciting thing to watch. Um, <laughs> We're very anti-pun here at Slapdash. <laughs> well, then... No puns. Uh, oh, God. Celtic this game knot. would be pretty punishing. Ah, oh, see? We're see, she this. just did it. Yeah. The first one's free. <laughs> that's a, that's a little sample for all you kids out on the street. For your back alley puns. Yeah, my ADHD makes it so that yeah. taking notes helps me stay on focus, stay Amen. focused, and stay in the game. So also, yes, and I will add that the the birth of the internet and the best thing about the D and D problem solving that it has ever caused for for me personally uh, is the fact that if you have everyone's digital character sheets on a drive, if someone forgets it, then you can just print it out or make them look at a tablet the whole game. Because mm-hmm. the boy did that happen in high school. Uh, so our final question, we we're kind of going through a. a a revolution, a, re- a renaissance of our final question, I guess, because like before renaissance. a renaissance uh, was that we were asking the same one every time, and we just kind of kept getting the same answers, which is great because it's very agreeable and poignant. Uh, but I think we're going to try a new one this time. So why don't you both give me a very quick synopsis of a recent gaming experience that was absolutely just a, a delight to you, like the scenario played out very well, or it was a, it just left a delicious flavor on your lips. Um, I'm a big planner, as we discussed for my games, uh, and my not this session, but the session before, our third session in Whispering Pines, uh, one of my characters, she's a bard, and she was sort of torturing the other characters mm. um, because there was a storm, and two of the characters were, were on a boat, and they were very upset about this storm situation. So she was singing songs about boats crashing and stuff. And being on a boat. And being on a boat with your flippy floppies. Um, <laughs> but she switched into this ghost ship song instead, and I had planned already to bring ghosts on as like this in the salt marsh book. There's this ghost fog that is one of the weather effects that can happen. So I was like, I'm using the shit out of this book. I'm using ghost fog. And she starts singing ghost ship. So I made ghosts appear. I used that as my cue to do mm-hmm. it. And uh, it it went really well. Now her character thinks she can summon ghosts. So. <laughs> also, ghost fog is my favorite stoner metal band. <laughs> ghost fog. <laughs> See, that's actually my favorite vape group. Oh, oh yeah. vaporwave. 
Uh, no, just vape. No, just the, just the electric. Just chunky, trends. chunky, chunky. sick vapes. <laughs> just <laughs> sick, thick, chunky thick clouds. clouds. Yeah, <laughs> D- dummy thick clouds. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, I'm still thinking of what my favorite. You just haven't had recently. any good experiences. <laughs> it's more that they're, they're like, there's too many. And uh, between all the different games I'm running, they kind of have blurred well, together. Is there anything that happened at, like, at a recent Orcs that just like one of the players did that totally blew your mind? You're oh, like, yeah. Yes, uh, I'm so last happy. Night, Last night at Orcs, uh, I had a table of three players, Mm -hmm. and one of them had never played a TTRPG before. And so it was this kind of situation where, like, you have, I had two experienced players, and then this one was like, uh, what's a D20? Exactly. Like, what are the the different dice, and, like, why do I have so many different kinds? Are they all supposed to be different kinds of (laughs) dice? Mm -hmm. And I just, like, loved her so much. She was great. And she just totally, like, Put herself out there as she saw everybody else telling stories it was amazing and she just warmed up to it so hard but the best part of the night was when uh her character fell unconscious and was kind of at the edge of this room full of shadows they're mm-hmm. level one characters it's death house mm-hmm. it's death house okay yeah okay. hashtag no spoilers but right uh they're the other two characters had like left the room and were like, we're going to run away. Mm-hmm. And so her character well, was the last me, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she fell and uh, she knew that one of the characters had three more health potions. And Ooh. this character was like, well, I'm the farthest away. I'll pass it off to our friend and her friend will run and give it to her mm-hmm. and drag her out of the room. And like, we'll all escape. Well, the guy in the middle was like, but what if I just go back and take her cool sword and then we leave? Uh, and <laughs> and not, not in like a bad sure, way, sure. but just like a, like my character do- isn't really interested. We're like It's a very neutral character and it considers like personal survival more important type mm-hmm. thing. Whether that's good or not is a different question. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> what was really cool is that uh, at that moment, I saw such rage flash in her eyes, right? yeah. and I was like, she, "I got her! She's I got in her! Now. She's yep. in! Yep, I hooked her!" And she said, three. "Listen, if you don't go back and get my character at our next meeting, when you ask me what about the data, I'm gonna look at you and say what data." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, this is what D and D is about." She got so invested in her character, and that just like warmed my my cold little heart so much. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to answer your question, if I may. Sure, let's 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 boogie. Same. Is it also Death House? It is Death House. So okay, <laughs> okay, okay, no spoilers. So go ahead and skip ahead like two minutes if you don't want to hear any Death House spoilers. <laughs> I'll give you a second to walk away. No one's made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So literally, like, so the first off, when the ghoul, where when the ghost first appears, <laughs> I like was luring them in with the description of the cradle and everything like that and just yeah. kind of getting them all excited and getting really soft just a little softer every couple of steps and they all got kind of close and we're listening and then all of a sudden as soon as like they, they they touched the crib I screamed at the top of my lungs get away from my baby and everybody basically shat their entire pants out <laughs> like the whole their 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 ass fell out of their pants eating oh, their God. pants I have digested so many them. good Barovia stories oh yeah and then, and then later like uh, when the ghouls pop out of the ground mm-hmm. I like again was like describing that the chanting was getting loud and getting louder and getting louder and then I slammed the bottom of the table and these leaves that you're looking at right here come up and so all of a sudden the whole table lifts up in the middle like <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. the oh, that's amazing I'm the worst see when I run horror, when I run horror I like jump scares yeah. Yeah, when I, I describe I like, like a dank old dungeon I like to just squeak out a nice fart <laughs> 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 
Yeah, Cantrip do. candles. Mm. I have a dungeon scented candle. Yeah, those are cool. Mm. That's cool. What is even that? Yeah, they have like, like scented candles. There's like tavern and dungeon, and it's just kind of like a mossy smell. Really. Yeah, the dungeon one sounds. I mean, it smells like sort of like rain and and moss and, and wet a, stone. It's yeah, really there's like bizarre. a dragon horde one too that kind of smells like like herbs and copper and yeah. stuff. Like it's neat. Mm. The the tavern one it just smells like a fire and like whiskey and every time i burn it my players come in the house and they're like oh god what is that it smells like papa's kisses enjoy it yeah Yeah. whiskey i'm gonna have to get that it's real dark let me come over to your house and take me on a cantrip candles yeah i will i have a bunch of them i'm I'm taking this i'm taking this note down here there's a big there's a big trend oh i'll save this for d21 side sorry okay yeah please realize it'd be a good topic for one side and then we have another question that we like to ask everybody, and it's probably one of the most fucking lame ass, barely questions at all. Snoozers. Yeah. Um, if you were to ascribe yourself a race and class in D and D, what would it be? Well, is it what I would like to be, or what I think what do you I think am? You are? <laughs> Give me both. I want to hear both. Okay. Uh, what I would like to be is a tiefling bard, because I fucking love tieflings and I fucking love bards, and I'm a musician and creative person and. I would love to be the kind of character who can like be intimidating and like stand up in front mm-hmm. of people and like perform gloriously. And mm-hmm. but in real life, I think I am a Furbolg Druid. It's like soft, mm-hmm. uh, kind of fuzzy, like, soft spoken. That's like the opposite side of the color wheel from it, Tiefling yeah, Bard. No, that just describes my whole ass personality, though. Like yeah. it's perfect, Furbolgs pretty changeable. Yeah, I love I love me a furbolg. I think furbolgs are debatably the most cuddly race in D&D. I love them. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> are. I had, I had a furbolg druid character, and I didn't like playing her because I played her at an orcs, and mm. I was basically playing her as myself, and nobody liked it. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, no. okay, all right. I'm looking <laughs> into a painful mirror right now. Tiefling, I'll stick to my tiefling for nice. for now. About <laughs> shiny. Yeah, Shiny. Um, so my name, Shiny, is also my character's name. Uh, I cosplay my character, Shiny, Ella Fizzle Sprite, O'Muffins, Harpel, the Unstable. And she is me. Um, she is me turned up to like 15. Uh, she's very wild and very curious. She's a forest gnome wild magic sorcerer. So she is is very much who I am. And all of my characters have uh, an element of my personality. It's it's unavoidable. Aurora is the same way. Um, my uh, Eladrin in Boots' campaign. But I, I'm always playing wild, curious characters, and that's very much who I am. Uh, I, I think that Shiny is kind of the perfect embodiment of who I am. And, yeah. I and show you have up. a great Shiny cosplay, too. I do. She's so she specific. can actually make this happen in real life. Impressive. And With I'm very the gnome short, ears, so. too. Oh, yeah. There you go. I get very upset when I get home. I have, like, an identity crisis. Every time I take my gnome ears off, I'm like, oh, these gross, stubby human ears. <laughs> I hate gross. it. I hate them. They're just disgusting. Dude, yeah. If I could get pointy ears, like, if there was a cosmetic surgery for this, I would do there it. There totally is. Are you kidding me? In a heartbeat. Me? Oh, yeah, my God. They have, point, they have ear pointing. Well, like, I don't want them to just be still stubby and pointy. I need, like, Oh, you elongate them. Yeah. Girth of ears. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be Satine and just have a job where I can wear pointy ears every day. Okay. Well, um, I mean, honestly, that's that's a great answer. Law, do you have any other follow-up questions? I think that knowing what kind of classes people identify as is extremely valuable in learning how boring we are as hosts. Oh, totally. Totally. Because I'm just a little more commoner. Yes, uh, <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were a skinitar. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, the skinitar at the center of the flabberant. I yes. do not have human means. on top and half human on bottom. 
But no, uh, I think that is a perfect endpoint for our little sit down. Do you guys have any last little very quick plugs you want to give for your own things, like specifically URLs or Please. social media things that you want us to shoot out there to the the ether? Yeah, for it. So for me, you can find me on Twitter as McBoots42. That's MC Boots like the shoe and 42 like the number. Like one and, away from 420. Yeah, well, really close. But um, on my Twitter, you can find a pinned tweet that has my links to all my shit. So nice. uh, D&D streams, panels, events I'm going to be at, I'll post it in there. Awesome. Yeah, same. All of mine is in my pinned tweet, so it's easy to find in one place because all my URLs are different for everything. Uh, but I'm Shiny Bat Girl on Twitter. Uh, and... Yeah, I already gave my podcast information. I, not my podcast, but my stream, which also turns into a podcast and everything. It's a transformer mm-hmm. that way. It's a stream that turns into a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's the nice thing about streams is you can just chop out the audio and turn it into a different project. Yeah, I just... Definitely. Yeah, if you need more projects, that is. Awesome. So you have an outro for us there, Mr. Zach? Well, first I want to say thank you, everybody, for showing up here. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, This is basically our second week of having a Patreon. Uh, You can find our Patreon at at, uh, Slapdash Studios, or basically patreon.com slash Slapdash Studios. Big button on the front page. Yeah, it's super easy to find. Uh, You can also go to slapdashstudios.com and find links to our Facebook, Twitter, anything and everything else you can possibly find. Um, D20 Questions, which you're listening to right now, is a brand new special little baby that we are nurturing uh, from uh, its slimy little nascency. Wow. Delicious. <laughs> went real really larval vivid. real quick. Yum. There's a couple legs poking out. If you guys, some tentacles. <laughs> if you guys want to support us, please, I beg you, just just go out there and, and, and tag us in, in tweets. Go ahead and re- retweet our garbage. Uh, just just please engage with us. Do, do stuff in social media because we don't do any kind of advertising or anything like that. So all we live on is word of mouth. Um, and uh, we, we love to hear from our fans and everybody like that. If you have anything you want to say, we're there to listen. Absolutely. Yeah. So follow us on social media. Again, Slap the Dash on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Facebook, just Slap Dash Studios. Um, and then, of course, you can follow us with the League of Ultimate Questing, which comes out every Monday. Bonus content on Friday on those mentioned uh, mm-hmm. social media platforms. Uh, if you haven't listened to League of Ultimate Questing, it's an exciting uh, world where adventuring is a major league sport. Uh, listen for our, uh, our our commentators and our fake commercials for in-world you know, uh, services. It's it's really fun stuff. We got YouTube videos on there as well. If you go to youtube.com slash slapdash studios, you can find a lot of interesting League of Ultimate Questing content. Um, and if you're interested in hearing what we're about to do in literally the next five minutes, we're about to do D21 Sides. Yes. It is a special Patreon uh reward for people who are three dollars or more and basically it just allows you access to a kind of a unscripted unplugged no questions no no bullshit just us hanging out while we've after we've had a couple of drinks um after our d20 questions absolutely and yeah of course check out uh it was a uh, whispering pines and no celtic knot look out for those very good projects lots of fun stuff happening new streams every day just be involved it's cool of you to do. But I want to thank you guys so much. Okay, so I'm about to deliver an outro group. And it's really, it's the dumbest. I've been warned about this for like half the day now. It's such a stupid fucking outro group. And I'm so sorry that this is about to happen to you. Um, but thank you for coming to D20 Questions. Tune in next week where we'll teach you how to defeat a CR5 doctor using only an Apple check. I was not prepared. I'm so sorry. I tried to prepare you.